Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Split Division Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at SplitDivPod. I am your host tonight, Eli Berkovitz, and I'm here with Max for the Bears, Brett with the Vikings, and Gerbs with the Lions. Tonight, we're going to be discussing a whole bunch of stuff, but we're going to start it off with a fun conversation about which player on each of our respective teams we would like to see try out a different position, something interesting, something different. So, Brad, why don't you start us off with who you'd like to see on the Vikings try out a different spot? Sure. Um, mine's mine's actually kind of boring, but um, there's there's a lot of a- athletic players on the Vikings uh, roster. But um, Anthony Barr, he's a he's a linebacker. Um, I'd like to see Mike Zimmer use him in the defensive end position a little more. He's never really on the line, um, even if they stand it stand him up a little bit more. Um, he's an underrated pass rusher. He did that a lot in college at UCLA. Um, had I think like 18 career sacks um, at UCLA and the last few years with the Vikings, it's been like two or three sacks per year. And it's mostly, you know, in blitzes and stuff like that with Eric Kendricks. Um, but um, especially with Everson Griffin gone now, um, I think we need to add another element um, along the defensive line. And I think if we use Anthony Barr in that way a little bit more, I think he could be effective. Um, and he's been getting burnt in pass coverage a lot. Um, we did draft a Troy, Troy Dye in the fifth round, and he's a really speedy guy. Um, so if he if he can be in on passing downs along with Eric Kendricks, who is the number one rated uh, coverage uh, linebacker in the entire league last year, according to PFF, I think we could make that work. Um, but, uh, yeah, mine's not too exciting, but I think if we used Anthony Barr along the defensive line um, on the edge or just that defensive end, I think um, Mike Zimmer could get creative with that, and it, it'd be a cool little um, detail to add. Uh, with our defense. Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, I don't know why they use bar so much in coverage, honestly. It's a little bit weird yeah. to me. He gets burned a ton. So, yeah, they, that yeah. wouldn't be a bad move. For but, sure. uh, Gerbs, why don't you go next with the Lions? All right. So, this conversation actually got started at all because uh, Lions have a uh, nickel cornerback, Jamal Agnew. He serves more as the punt returner. I mean, he was an all-pro punt returner his rookie year. Uh, had two returns for touchdowns last year. They're moving him to wide receiver this year, at least that was reported. I think, I can't remember who it was. Someone's, uh, someone from like national media sat in with the Lions uh, receivers in like an online Zoom call for uh, like workouts and everything. And Jamal Agnew, a cornerback, was in the call with all the other receivers on the team. So that was kind of the realize he's probably being moved positions or at least they're going to see how it is and they've tried it in the past and put him uh just as a gadget player on offense as running back and receiver in just a handful of plays over the last two seasons but so other than him since that's going to happen this was kind of tough to decide Uh, i can see one of the ones that uh, a lot of lions fans have been kind of pounding the table for was uh 2016 first round pick jared davis who currently plays inside linebacker, and that might be like overstating what he does. Playing inside linebacker, yeah, like he barely does that. So as a starter, he just blows every assignment he has. He sucks in coverage. So a lot, but when he is blitzing, even most of the time it's from the inside. But when he blitzes, he's gotten a few more sacks this year and last year, and really like excelled as a pass rusher. So seeing him get some snaps as a defensive end would be interesting. I don't think he'd like fit there, but I just want to confirm the theory of like, would he be a better defense as defensive end or as an inside linebacker? And yeah, I think he 
would be one, and there's one other one I was kind of interested in, and this is uh, backup linebacker Anthony Pittman, who has played all over the linebacking spot uh, throughout last preseason, and he was on the practice squad for a while, and then he came up for the final game in Week 17. And uh, he and I actually graduated high school together the same year back in 2014. And at our school, he played tight end. And I'd really love to see, because Lions kind of have this open spot for the back, and they're stacked at linebacker right now. I feel like he's a guy who, if he moved back to tight end, which he played, I mean, it was in high school, so it was a while ago. But he's a big guy, really athletic. I feel like that might be able to secure him a roster spot or a better chance at even just the practice squad. But yeah, so those that's kind of the two. It's the linebacker position. I feel like the Lions have a few guys who can kind of plug and play at different positions if need be. All right, and now Max with the Bears. I know you'd probably want to replace Trubisky with anyone, but maybe pick someone else. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, so yeah, I, I, took, uh, I took two different approaches on this. I took one that was a little bit more fun. Uh, so Cordero Patterson, he's a guy that's on the team that he's not necessarily good at something like he's not, he's not elite at, at one thing, but he's good at a lot of little things at at smaller roles. So, uh, Matt Nagy has referred to him as this Trojan player and uh, yeah, get your laughs out now, but, uh, he's basically the guy that you can slip in at any different spot on the, on the offensive side of the ball and he can play all these different roles. And so, yeah, he's the Trojan player. So he's like an all-pro kick returner. He's a special teams gunner. He's a running back. He's a wide receiver. He kind of does it all. And so what I would like to see in a more fantasy sort of fun sort of way is let's let's do, see him join the defense. And I'd like to see the Bears take on something that colleges are starting to do in a, a Viper linebacker. So a linebacker who can drop down from being a linebacker to defensive end to safety and kind of be the Trojan player within the defense. I think that would be kind of fun or whatever. But um, on a more re- real sense, uh, Trey Robertson is a guy that we picked up from the CFL. We gave him one of the CFL's uh, largest contracts um, since Cam Wake. And so... With that being said, I don't think that he has a spot as a corner on this team. I think we have a lot of guys and a lot of competition. So with Trey Robertson, I'd like to see him switch over to uh, to more of a strong safety role. He's a big-bodied guy. Uh, he made a lot of big hits in the CFL. He has fairly good range. I think he's someone that could actually go in and fit at strong safety within our team. All right, and I'll just close us out with the Packers. So I also kind of like you guys looked at it a couple different ways so like i think the most fun one for me would be putting david bakhtiari on the defensive line and seeing you know almost like clay matthews like pass rushing you got the long hair flowing behind him he's just a massive person so him rushing the quarterback i feel like would be pretty scary for qbs and then one that i mean again it's not realistic but it's still i think it would be interesting if you put Devonte adams at cornerback just with his ability to run a route to then be able to cover a route and his, you know, nuance and knowledge of knowing receivers and what they do, you know, and I think this could go for many great receivers, you know, obviously if you flip that around, they're going to know they're going to have good knowledge on what the receiver is going to do. So I think Adams at corner or David Bakhtiari rushing the passer would both be pretty fun, but that covers all of the position switches for the four teams. And now we're going to move on to a bit of a Twitter trend where 
everyone's going out and naming the players on their team that are most overrated, underrated, the best player, the key new, the key new addition, the player who could surprise, the player who's going to take a leap, the player and the player who's going to prove it year. So we've got about seven or eight different categories, and this should be interesting. So, uh, Gerbs, why don't you kick us off with uh, the most overrated player on the Lions? All right, so most overrated player on the Lions. You know, it's so tough with all the really highly ranked players on this team to choose just one who might be overrated. <laughs> just kidding. Most of them aren't that good, but I think right now the most overrated that I see is Desmond Trufant. Um, I know he's a new signing uh, from uh, Atlanta. He started in Atlanta his entire career, but when you look at it, he was never a Pro Bowl, never a Pro Bowler, never an All Pro. Um, he was, I mean, last season in Atlanta, I will say he was on track for the best statistical season of his career, but then he got injured. I think it was nine weeks in or seven weeks in. And so, you know, that never came into fruition or anything, but he got injured. And I think he's pushing 30 years old, if not already. And I don't remember off the top of my head if he was or not, but so, you know, just coming off an injury that, and now getting paid a multi-year deal to come and be a starter. I just, I don't see him as being, um, I, yeah, I, I just think it's a little overrated for him. I don't think he's going to grade out to be like an amazing corner, and the loss of Darius Slay is going to be very apparent there. All right, so now uh, just go down the list, I guess. Uh, underrated? Underrated, yeah. it's uh, I'm saying Tracy Walker, the safety. He's been just making big strides season after season. Uh, he had He was sixth, sixth out of all uh, safeties at tackles in 2019. And, yeah, just now, you know, last season it was Glover Quinn was gone. He kind of had to come in and all of a sudden be the starter, and no one really knew much about him. He was a surprise third-round pick, didn't get much play his rookie year. I think this season's going to be his big breakout year uh, with just a whole new defensive coordinator, new defensive system. I think he's going to do a lot better. Uh, Best player, Stafford. Self-explanatory. Don't need to go into that. Uh, key new addition. I'm saying Jeff Akuda, that first-round pick. He's going to really round out the secondary, and yeah, just I mean a third, a number three overall pick in the draft is going to be the best addition you make to your team, hopefully. And in this case, I think it is <clears> what the Lions did this year. Um, a player that could surprise. I think fullback Nick Bodden. And you don't think about fullbacks too much in the NFL anymore. But that's why I think Bodden can surprise. Injuries have kind of hurt him the last two seasons. But this is a guy who was the lead blocker for Donnell Pumphrey and uh, Rashad Penny, who both have like some of the highest season rushing or like career rushing yards in college football. And he was the lead blocker for both of them at San Diego State. So I think now he should be healthier. Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator, loves his fullbacks. Uh, mostly in blocking situations. Plus, he played quarterback in college for a year, so I would love to see some crazy trick plays going on with that. Uh, takes a leap. I'm saying Kevin Strong, interior defensive lineman, undrafted rookie, made the final roster uh, to start the season in 2019. And he didn't show a lot on the stat sheet. But when you watch his film, you see a lot of potential. It's just he, you know, he wasn't the one making the tackle or anything, but he was putting a lot of pressure on 
I mean, he was only playing 15% of defensive snaps throughout the season, but when he was in, he was in. So I'm really excited to see more of him. And then prove it. I mentioned Jared Davis in the last segment, but he they declined his fifth-year his fifth year option, and he hasn't played like he's going to even get a job in the NFL next year. So this is his big prove-it year. I think they're still going to start him at inside linebacker, and if he starts messing up early on in the season, he's done for. So, yeah, that's my my list. Um, a lot of Lions guys are underrated. Right, yeah, so, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, it's, yeah, there's, it's always hard picking, especially for your own team when it comes to all these different kind of categories. But, yeah, I think you were pretty spot on there, Gerbs. Yeah. Uh, but, Max, why don't you go ahead with the Bears? All right. So, most overrated, I'm going to piss off some Bears fans in saying this, but I think David Montgomery is the most uh, overrated player um, right now. And I had to pick someone, but David Montgomery is the guy that I wasn't even huge on uh, in the draft. You know, like we had Jordan Howard and I don't get me wrong. I think David Montgomery has way more potential than Jordan Howard. I do think they have different styles as they do inside zone. I think he's more more of a he has a little bit more ability to weave um, in between the tackles than Jordan Howard, who is just strictly power. However, I really wanted a running back with the home run speed and when you have a third round pick and no first or second, it's a little difficult to to find someone like that that late in the draft. So that's why we had to get a little desperate. All we had was Mike Davis and Tariq Cohen, and that would have been a disaster. Uh, and so David Montgomery, uh, the reason I think he's overrated is because the coaching staff, they make references to Walter Payton and all these different uh, um, analogies that they use and metaphors and um and it's like until it turns up on like he like he has such cool training camp highlights, but it's like we just want to see it in the game a little bit more. And obviously a lot of that has to do with the offensive line and getting the pass going and that sort of thing. And he did well. He had a cool couple cool flash plays, plays. But the thing that I didn't like is that he would have a he'd break out into a 10 yard run and he'd get a, get across uh, the linebackers and, and, and then start into the secondary and then the corners would catch up to him. So. I'm kind of disappointed that we were relying on a guy without that home run capability when we're an offense that's really predicated on speed. Um, And so hopefully he surprises me, but right now I think he's overrated just to be the featured back in this offense. I think we needed another guy. Uh, Most underrated, I'm going to go with nickel cornerback Buster Screen. Uh, he's a guy, he doesn't have a sexy name. He doesn't, he's kind of a goofy looking guy. And you know what? Buster screen was very serviceable for us. Uh, we're going to be looking to spend a lot of time in a nickel as a a base this year. That's what, that's what we're kind of getting a vibe for. And Buster screen, he's not huge. He's not as good as Bryce Callahan, obviously when Callahan was healthy with us, but screen, he made very few mistakes. He made a lot of plays and he's not going to pick off the ball a lot and, force fumbles, but he's going to cover his man and he's going to do a decent job of it. Best player, Khalil Mack. No explanation needed. Uh, key addition, Robert Quinn. Uh, he, he makes this defense, um, I think, pretty undisputedly top five within the NFL. Uh, just having that third pass rusher, like I said in previous podcasts, you can, as a as an offensive line, and uh, you can only double team two elite pass rushers and that's including uh, having a tight end and running back and that sort of thing in there so uh one guy is always going to be open whether it's Akeem Hicks uh Cleo Mack or Robert Quinn and so Robert Quinn he adds that pass rushing ability that Leonard Floyd did not have 
and I think he really makes his defense step up another notch. So um, just depending on health this year, I think this defense is going to be pretty amazing. Could surprise. I'm going to roll my eyes as I say this, but I think Mitch Trubisky could surprise. No, no way. And you know what? You know what? I there There's a difference between the next category, which is takes a leap. I'm not saying he takes a leap. I'm saying he could surprise. <laughs> and the reason why I say that is because most most of you guys and even a lot of Bears fans rank him as like the worst quarterback in the league. And you know what? I think maybe I like I'm I'm having nightmares of Mitch Trubisky going to another team and just bawling out. And <laughs> and like I like he's just that guy that whenever the coaches mention him or whenever the other, his teammates mention him, he it's just about how much work he puts in. He's always in the film room. He never leaves the facility. He's um, yeah, like we talked about last week, he's working out with players four times a week, flying out just to practice with other guys and stuff. And so he's got this work ethic that's awesome. He's a fan favorite, which is great, but he just hasn't put it all together, right? And so Mitch Trubisky, there's a narrative of fourth quarter Mitch. Fourth quarter Mitch usually steps up in the final few minutes. So this is his fourth year. It's a contract year. Maybe it's going to be fourth year Mitch instead of fourth quarter Mitch. We'll see what happens. But uh, again, I, I'm not confident in that. I'm rolling my eyes as I say it. But he could surprise. Uh, takes a leap. I'm going to go with Roquan Smith. Uh, all the pieces are around him to succeed. I, I honestly believe talent-wise we have uh, uh, the best front seven in the league. Um, there's no reason for him to not succeed within this defense. Uh if he's not a fringe pro bowler after this season, most of Bears Nation, I think, will be pretty disappointed. So, Roquan Smith, we have confidence in you. You give us some weird vibes sometimes, but, man, uh, you're, you're really good on the 1v1 sort of thing. And he's got great instincts. He's got good power. He's got good speed. Hopefully, he can take that leap this year. Prove it year is Anthony Miller. No more excuses. Uh, A-Rob, uh, even if your excuse is the quarterback, a Rob's still able to succeed. You gotta take that next step this year. Get to that 800, 900, 900 yard mark, and uh, and we all have a lot of confidence in here in him. It's a prove it year. He's going into uh, his third year, which is um, where we have to after the season we're gonna have to decide if we want to accept his fifth year option, which will be pretty big. So he he needs to step up this year if he wants that fifth year option. The player I would steal is Rogers. Uh, I think with Rogers we're a, easily a contending team. I think we're a quarterback away from uh, being up there among the top in the league. So uh, that's, yeah, that's my list. All right. Um, so why don't we move on to Brett with the Vikings? Sure. Uh, Max, uh, when Christian Ponder left the Vikings, he oh, still boy. sucked. So. <laughs> yeah, and that's fair. And Trubisky could still suck. And, right. And, and you know what? I'm okay with that. I'd rather have, right. have him still suck. I'm exactly. selfish. Exactly. Exactly. No, um, I'll go down my list now. Um, most overrated. Uh, yeah, I talked about this guy earlier, but it's Anthony Barr. Uh, we we pay him top linebacker money. Um, he does make a few splash plays here and there, uh, but he's just never consistent enough. Um, he gets beaten past coverage. Um, he missed, misses tackles, and he seems like he never shows up for the big game as well. Um, like if we play a divisional game or something like that, he, he was, his best year was his rookie year actually. Um, so uh, if you could get back to that level, 
And I think if we did use him more in that pass rusher role, um, getting after the quarterback, um, maybe we could, uh, you know, reach his potential. But um, I think he's right now the most overrated player on our roster. Uh, most underrated. Um, I was going to go Eric Kendricks because um, mm-hmm. he's, he's so solid. Um, but and he's one of the best uh, coverage linebackers in the league. But I think people know that he's good. He's just not talked about as much but i'm going to actually go with um our right tackle brian o'neill um he had two penalties all of last year and he gave up uh the second least uh pressures out of any right tackle in the entire league um he just a consistent very good uh right tackle um i think he should have been in the pro bowl last year um not a lot of people probably even know the guy all that well um it's gonna be his third year this year so um it'll be interesting to see if he continues to take those next steps and plays at that consistent level um he was assumed a project coming out of uh, Pittsburgh, but he uh, played in his rookie year, and he was fantastic right from the get-go. So, yeah, I think he's probably one of our most underrated players uh, for sure. And then our best player, I think, is Daniil Hunter. Um, he's 25 years old. Um, he's the fastest player ever to reach uh, 50, 50 sacks. Um, he was the quickest to get there. Um, he's averaged about 13 sacks a year or something like that. He just gets after the quarterback, v- very good in the run game as well. He's not a one-trick pony. Um, he can get after the quarterback. Uh, he can make plays on the edge. Um, just a very smart player, and he's he's just an animal. Um, Daniil, Daniil Hunter is just a very good player, and we're lucky to have him for the next four or five years as well as we gave him a contract extension last, last season. Uh, key new addition, um, I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson. Um, he's – you know, people say, oh, he's not going to fill Stephon Diggs' shoes. Well, he pretty much is. Um, Kirk Cousins needs that number two wide receiver. Um, we can't just rely on one guy. I mean, Adam Thielen's a great wide receiver, but he played, Adam Thielen played in like six games last year. So, you know, that's, if Thielen can stay healthy, he's turning already 31 this year. So um, there could be a drop off, who knows, with wide receivers, um, especially when he's coming off uh, the injury he was last year. Uh, but uh, Justin Jefferson, yeah, he's going to have to uh, step up right away as a rookie. Uh, we have Tajay Sharp and B.C. Johnson as well. But, you know, those guys are kind of unproven, and Justin Jefferson has to come in right away and make an impact. Um, could surprise, I might butcher this name, uh, but it, it's Ifiadi Odedebo. Um, he's a defensive end. Um, he was a backup to Everson Griffin and Daniel Hunter last year. Um, he actually had seven sacks last year. He had a uh, return touchdown versus the Chargers, and then he, he almost had one versus the Bears week 17, but it got called back. His knee was down. Um, he gets after the quarterback, just a really, really high-energy player, a big motor. Um, so I think he could surprise and maybe reach double-digit sacks this year in his first time as a full-time starter. Um, takes a leap. I'm going to go with Irv Smith Jr., uh, tight end. Um, I did put out on our Twitter on Split Division Podcast that I think he'll be the breakout player in the NFC North. Um, I think uh, he. I think I can compare him to Jordan Reed. With um, with Kirk had Jordan Reed in Washington. He really liked throwing to athletic tight ends who could stretch the field, uh, make plays. Um, and I think without Stephon Diggs, I think you might be able to push Irv Smith to the outside a little bit more. Use him in the red zone. Uh, match him up one on one. Use that big body. Use the length. Um, I think uh, Gary Kubiak will really take take advantage of that as well. Uh, prove a year, I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins. Um, we did just sign him to a two-year contract extension. Um, 
we got to win a playoff game again with him or get farther. You know, Case Keenum in 2017 got us the NFC Championship. We all know how that game turned out. Don't need to talk about it. But uh, we, we need to get there again or farther. Um, we got the talent. Uh, Kirk Cousins, one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the entire league. Um, I think this is his proof of year. Uh, next year, actually, his dead, his dead money is like really low. So if, you know, we could either cut bait or, you know, make a trade. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think Kirk Cousins prove it year. Um, he's got, he's got to be the man this year. And if, if not, we'll, you know, we'll find someone new. So those are my guys. All right. And then were we going to do the, which player we would steal as the next segment or you want to just do that now, Brad, uh, which, which player from inside the division would you, okay. would you want to yeah. see come out to the Vikings? Okay. I'm going to go with David Bakhtiari. Um, I just, I just think he protects the quarterback really well um we do have brian o'neill on one side but then on the other it's just a mess from there so um i think if we could steal david (laughs) bakhtiari and put him on our offensive line and to protect Kirk cousins i think that that'd be a good deal for us i think okay uh so you know what uh since max and brad both did a gerbs real quick why don't you give us the player you would steal inside the north um i'd have to go with zadarius smith on packers um, I think. Games. Oh man. Over yeah, Khalil I, Mack. Yeah, Zedaria Smith over Khalil Mack. I think Smith Smith still got a bunch of career ahead of him, you know. And you know, the younger guy showed just so Ooh. much talent on the Packers last week. So, or I mean, last season. So not last week. That would be crazy. Ooh, but yeah. So um, yeah, I really think that. Zadarius Smith on the Lions would be such a force on the edge, so I have to go with him. If I could poach him, yeah, I hear that. I mean, yeah, Zadarius Smith, you know, one of the one of the top players in the division. Not going to argue with that, but I mean, it's a shame that Brett's not here this second. But let's just real quick discuss Kirk Cousins' ridiculous contract extension. After (laughs) yes, he won a playoff game. He won a playoff game, but let's be real, they gave him even more money. And now they're stuck with him. And what has he proven to deserve that kind of money in the NFL? I mean, what do you guys think? And, and what's he getting, like $30 million a year? Yeah, I think his extension was two-year, I think, like uh, $53 million total. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's Kirk Cousins, who they gave him all that money no, for. No, you know, it was uh, two years, two years, $66 million. So that's yeah. $33 a year. And, like, yeah, he came off of, like a few mediocre seasons in Washington and they're like, here's 97 fully guaranteed over three years. So ridiculous. And yeah, like all cause he had one season, I think, didn't he take the Redskins to the playoffs or something? And they like lost yeah, in the wild and card. Got blown up by the Packers, obviously. Yeah. And then, but so Brett's uh, back. So. Yeah. Brad, we're just, uh, just, yeah, we're just shitting on your quarterback real quick. That's um, saying that how we're talking about how he just got an extension after fine. He did win a big playoff game, but he's never, you know, gotten them past the divisional round the year before they missed the playoffs. So we were just going on about how the extension there, if I was a Viking fan, I'd be pretty nervous. So yeah, it's definitely a proven year for him. And then I'll real quick, I'll go run through the list for the Packers. So most overrated, I really did have a hard time with this because I feel like the Packers have like, four or five legitimate stars on their team. And then there's like 
a ton of like average guys. So like the stars, I don't think you could un, you know overrate. But I'm gonna go with first. I guess you could say Preston Smith. And I don't think he's overrated. But this year he had 12 sacks. He had a terrific year. But his previous years in Washington, he never had that. He never had a thing more than six sacks in a season. So you see, he comes and he has Darius Smith and Kenny Clark in the middle. I'm sure that helps his production out a bit. I still think he's a good player, but I think his production went up this series and have as much attention. But then I also think Dean Lowry, who Dean Lowry might not be the most known name in the NFL, but the Packers extended him for a three-year, $20 million contract. Last year, he didn't record a single sack. He had two tackles for loss. He did intercept Mitchell Trubisky, but I'm also pretty sure my niece could inter- intercept Mitchell Trubisky, so I'm not sure <laughs> that's saying too much. But that's who I have at overrated. I have uh, I have Lowry and a little bit of Preston Smith. My most underrated Packer, I got to go with Corey Lidsley. He's just been as solid as they get at center. The Packers drafted him in 2014. He's played 86 of a possible 96 career games. He has been just a solid rock in the middle. Eddie Lacy, you know, he came in at the same time as Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy, his first two seasons with Lindsley at center, both of them over 1,100 yards, 20 touchdowns combined. So Corey Lindsley does not get as much credit as he deserves or in the NFL. And then now going on to best player, obviously Aaron Rodgers. If I wanted to say other than Rodgers, I'd probably go with David Bakhtiari, just being potentially the best left tackle in all of football. Uh, key, new, key new addition. I mean, we have so many wonderful options from the draft. I was like, what should I choose? No, I'm going to go with Christian Kirksey, free agent, middle linebacker. Uh, he's been a bit quiet the last two years because he's been injured. But before he got hurt, his last healthy season in 2017, he had 138 tackles, three and a half sacks. He had five passes defended, six tackles for loss. So he was really solid before he got hurt. So if he could stay healthy, I think he's going to be well worth his contract with the Packers. And now moving on to could surprise. I'm going to go with Equinemia St. Brown. Uh, he's going a bit under the radar net right now because he missed all of last season. But he was actually the one who showed maybe the most promise out of any of the three rookie receivers they drafted back in 2018. He is very fast, good size, good with the ball in his hands. So I think that above guys like MVS... And he, I think he's gonna he's gonna fight with Funchess for for that third spot. Him and Lazard and Funchess are all gonna be more involved. So I really like EQ. Sorry to interrupt. Can you can you rank those four quarterbacks real quick? I want to kind of get an idea of how because for me they all kind of blend together. I'd really like to know you how you receivers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those, those are wide receivers. I know as a Bears fan you don't really know what a quarterback is, <laughs> Got but it. um. You know, it's really hard to tell who the quarterback is on the Bears um, sometimes. That but. is tough, those four receivers. So the way I would the way in my head I wanna see it shake out, like who I think has the most upside, like if everyone hit their top upside, I think EQ, like Equinemius, probably has the highest upside because we just haven't seen as much of him and what we did see was so explosive. So if he hit his peak, I guess I would have him at the top with Lazard next. And then Funches, who I think today Funches might be the best, but considering his age, I'm looking at long term. So I'll have Funches third, and then MVS fourth. I just right now, I just don't have any confidence in him. He's very very fast, but other than that, he hasn't shown much of anything. So, yeah, I think Lazard might have the mo- have the best numbers this year. But if we're talking long term, I think Equinemius St. Brown is someone to watch. 
and then takes a leap. Um, I got to go with Jay Sternberger. Last year, he was looking good in training camp and preseason. Then he got hurt. He missed most of the season. He came back, and you know his basically his only real performance of the year was in the NFC Championship game where he caught a touchdown. He played pretty well. He's also an underrated blocker. So I think Sternberger, with a full season, if he comes in and he's healthy through training camp and preseason and plays 16 games, I'll say it right now, like looking at the NFC North, if he hits, if he's healthy and, and plays the way he looks like he could play, I think he could end up being the best tight end in the North this season. And now prove it year is tough because I think there's two players. There's a lot of contract year players on the Packers now. So I think you have Kevin King and Aaron Jones both. Kevin King had a good year last year. He had, but he had a good year last year. He ended up with, um, it was, sorry, it was five interceptions. So it was a good season, but his first two years in the NFL, he missed the combined 17 games. So he needs to show that he could stay healthy and continue to play at that level. And then Aaron Jones, who I think he's proven his talent, but as a running back in the NFL to try to get paid the way he's going to want to get paid, he needs to have another 1,000 yards, 10-plus touchdown season, and make an impact in the receiving game if he wants to get a big contract because his first two years he had injury issues, so he needs to play 16 games and he needs to be really good if he's going to get top-five running back money because – if he misses any time, they're going to look at him like an injury risk. If he doesn't have good of a year, they'll look at last year as a bit of a, as a fluke. So I think he's crazy talented, but he needs to pr- prove it for another season. And then finally, which player I would steal from the North? Um, this was tough, but I think I'm going to go with Kenny Galladay. I think looking at the Packers roster, like many people thought going into the draft, they were maybe one weapon away from going to the Super Bowl. The front office obviously thought otherwise, but I think if you add, if you have Kenny Galladay on one side and Devontae Adams on another, and you have Aaron Jones running the football and you have Aaron Rodgers throwing those guys the football, no defense is going to stop you. So I was thinking about Allen Robinson, but I think Kenny Galladay, due to his age, and he's just, I just think he's going to be better down the road. So yeah, if I could take anyone else, it would be Kenny Galladay. And those are all four of us going through that entire list. And now our final segment is going to be ranking the tight ends across the division as, as each team as a group, how you would do it. So, uh, Brett, why don't you kick us off? Sure. I'm going to be a homer and go Vikings one. Um, I think Kyle Rudolph is just very, very reliable. He has been his whole career. Um, just a you know, red zone beast, you know, throw the ball up to him, you know, he'll make the play. Um, you know, the New Orleans Saints game in the playoffs, he made, he had the game winning touchdown. He had that insane one-handed catch versus the Cowboys. Um, you know, he's just reliable. His hands are like glue, um, just a very good tight end. And then um, Ur Smith Jr., obviously I'm pretty high on him. Um, athletic tight end, I think they play off each other really well. Kyle Rudolph more of that um, intermediate guy that can, that is just really consistent while Irv Smith Jr. is that athletic guy, guy that can stretch the field. And then um, number two, I'm going to go uh, TJ Hawkinson and Jesse James. Um, I think Hawkinson Haw- has a lot of potential as well. Um, he, 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 um, his, um, the combination of Matt Stafford and TJ Hawkinson, I think will be good for the next at least five years or however uh, long Stafford's going to be in Detroit. And then Jesse James, he was with the Vikings for a little bit as well, I think, just for one year. But, you know, he can make plays here and there. Um, but 
you know, other than that, he's probably just maybe a round blocker. But um, I'm going to go those two for now. Um, I was going to put Chicago ahead of them. I'm going to go Chicago number three. Jimmy Graham, obviously, um, he always gets signed to a you know a decent contract, and it's supposed to be this big splash signing, and then nothing ever happens. Um, but um, like I said, you know, if he fits in the system, maybe he fits in the sh- system well with, sh- with Chicago, and uh, Chicago likes to use their tight ends, so you know maybe that's a good match for them. And then uh, Cole Komet, um, I know there's been c- comparisons with Kyle Rudolph, and if you know if he hits that potential and he he can play like him, um, I think Chicago has a chance to move up the ranking- rankings as well. And then um, for the Packers. Uh, or number four, because fuck the Packers. <laughs> All right, um, Max, why don't you go next? Sure. All right, so I, I'm just going to go back to the last topic for one second. So I just want to defend my team. So you said that you choose Kenny Galladay over Allen Robinson, and then you listed age. They're the same age. So really? Just, just wanna, they're, both, they're both 26 That's... years old. Really shut. Oh, but if you want Galladay over Robinson, you it can. It feels have like it. Robinson's been in the league for like. Well, put it this. How about this, reason. Max? How yeah. about this? Robinson has more age on him due to his ACL. Um, sure. And but no, that's true. I didn't know that. But I guess put it this way: Galladay's. We know what Robinson is, and that's good. But Galladay's still ascending, and he already sure. looks really good. That's that's I guess what I'm thinking in my head. But yeah, okay. that's a good call. All right, on tight ends. Okay, so. Yeah, we, we kind of took a little break there while Brett was getting figure, everything figured out. And just to re- reiterate what Eli said, we're not wor- working with a great group of tight ends. We're not working with elite tight ends. So um, I've kind of broke it down into different tiers. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me finish because I it is, it's going to sound biased at first, but it's not going to be totally biased. So, okay. So in the top tier, I do have Jimmy Graham and Kyle Rudolph. And that being said is that Jimmy Graham, uh, I'm totally with you. He's on the back side of his career. Uh, but also, Jimmy Graham, he got more yards than all our tight ends put together last year. And with that being said, we were force-feeding J.P. Holtz and Jesper Horstead, uh, guys that really shouldn't have even been on the team. We were just force-feeding them balls because our offense needs a good tight end. Like I've said before, like... um. Teams that run the same offense, so the Giants, they have Evan Ingram. You have the Chiefs, and they have Kelsey. You have the Eagles, and they have Ertz. You know, like the, you need a good pass-catching tight end. Not saying Jimmy Graham is a good pass t- uh, pass-catching tight end, but he's. I think he's got a good floor, and he's, you kind of know what you're going to get with him. Obviously, he has some flaws with blocking and with some drops, but he's going to be force-fed the ball this year. I can promise you that. And so with that, that's why I put him in that tier, where with like Irv Smith, Jay Sternberger, TJ Hawkinson, all the other guys, you're kind of going off potential a little bit. And and so I'm, I think it's just a safe pick to put him in that top tier. Kyle Rudolph, I would say he's the most well-rounded tight end. He's a good blocker. He's a good catcher. But the thing is that why, why tight ends in the NFL do not get the love that they deserve. Um, similar to like a fullback, like they, they have their role, but they're not going to be these big superstar guys. Kyle Rudolph is just so good at what he does, and I think he's honestly underrated uh, a lot. But um, chipping and picking up blitzes and being on the line uh, as a sixth uh, offensive lineman, it's just you're not going to get that same praise as someone who just is an offensive weapon. But regardless, he's in that top tier. Second tier, I have uh, 
your your guys's up and coming tight ends who are all entering their second year. So Irv Smith Jr., Jace Sternberger, and T.J. Hawkinson, and yeah, I don't know. It's it's a it's a tough mix of who's gonna really take off. Like T.J. Hawkinson had that nice debut and didn't show a whole lot. Irv Smith had some wavy stuff going on throughout the throughout the year. Some good games. Some. I don't know, nothing like super huge, but obviously lots of potential. Jay Sternberger, he's a guy I really liked uh, going into last year's draft. I think, uh, like obviously, he was injured, but yeah, he's got, like those guys are just kind of in the, in the mix. And then what you would have heard within that is that I didn't add Cold Komet to that. I did he so Cold Komet is in my list of t- uh, tier three tight ends, which include like Jesse James and Mercedes Lewis and those guys. And that's because tight ends that enter in the and there's a strong narrative and i think there's enough data supporting this that tight ends entering in their first year in the nfl don't usually have these big breakout seasons i think jay sternberger can even qualify for that this is going to be his first season he's going to have a lot of weight on his shoulders to be that pass catching tight end not that the packers utilize pass catching tight ends as much as say the bears do but he's going to have a, a significant role right away cole Komet, we like we said the Bears are hoping that he turns into Kyle Rudolph. So right now he's Kyle Rudolph light. So as that Y tight end who's entering in his first year, and I'll be honest, so I like the Sternberger pick. I didn't really like this Komet pick, and I think I see it. Like I understand that he has a role and that we need him, and we have 11 tight ends, and we have 11 tight ends for a reason. We need to have a good tight end, and last year we were – our offense was decimated and I think coaching really blames it on our lack of ability within the tight end group. And so we have these tight ends that are just, uh, just find somebody who can be on the team and make some, uh, and, and just get open every once in a while and make some catches. So, um, so commit, he's going to have a role this year. Absolutely. But I can't put him in that kind of uh, next tier yet where you guys all have that tight end and until commit has shown something and entered in his second year, uh, regardless, Komet, he's a second-round pick. Jace is a third-round pick. Uh, if the values follow through, maybe he'll be a little bit better than what I think he might be. Um, but regardless, if I'm ranking tight end group, I've got the Vikings, I've got the Bears, I've got the Lions, I've got the Packers. I wish TJ Hawkinson showed me a little bit more last year. I would have put the Lions uh, ahead of the Bears. Jesse James, he's, he's a fine tight end, but I think just Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet have that higher floor. All right, yeah. So this was tough for me because, yeah, like like Max said, it's not really the greatest group of tight ends. But I think what's interesting about this division is all four teams have a player drafted in the top three rounds within the last two years with Sternberger, Komet, Irv Smith and Hawkinson. Obviously, Hawkinson being a top uh, top ten pick, right? Yeah, top, number uh, eight eighth overall last year. Yeah, eighth overall. So obviously he has the highest expectations. So it is tough. And the way I looked at it, is I, I did a mixture of what is proven and what potential could be. So first off, you got to go Vikings. You just you know you got Rudolph proven, and you have the upside with Irv Smith. And then I really look at the Lions, Bears, and Packers. Almost they're all in the same position. All of them have a young, you know, high potential tight end. So the way I looked at it, I have the Lions second because I think Hawkinson has the highest potential. Even if you just want to go off his debut, because he really didn't do much the rest of the year, but you saw it. You saw it that day. You saw it in college. There's a reason he went eighth overall. So mm-hmm. I think his upside is there. 
And again, I mean, Jesse James, he's not, he's not really much, but I guess, you know, he's on par with a backup tight end. They're maybe a little better than a backup tight end. And then this is where you could say I'm biased. I personally don't think I am. I'm going to go Packers before the Bears here. And again, I'm looking at what we have and what going forward. So right now, people are basically just not even factoring in the, this year's draft pick in the third round, Josiah DeGuara. And I get it because it's like they didn't necessarily need a tight end or you didn't think they needed a tight end. But I've watched his film. I've watched him play. And he looks he looks like a playmaker. Like he could also block, but he really does look like someone you could put out in the slot and make plays. And he could even come out of the backfield. But so when you have the upside of Sternberger, who I'm very, very high on, you have the upside of another third round rookie coming out with Aguara. And then you have Mercedes Lewis, people, you know, yeah, very not a very sexy name, but he's there's a reason he's been in the league for now 14, 15 years. He's in and out every single year, a top three to five blocking tight end in the NFL. He is a leader in the locker room and just more but like really like when they're running the ball. You can look at him as a sixth offensive lineman. You could do outside runs, pitches, go around him. He seals the edge as good as any tight end in football. And then I have the Bears because honestly, you know, if they picked a tight end I like more than Komet, I would have put them ahead of the Packers. But I think Max, you share similar feelings, but your Bears fans, you won't say it as much. But I just didn't get Komet. I just didn't get it. Why he was so highly ranked, why he was the consensus number one tight end, why people could even dare to think the Packers would have taken him at 30. I would have thrown up like he just looks slow and like, oh, yeah, like a wide like, you know what? If he if he maximizes his role at what he does, he could be a Kyle Rudolph. And that's a good tight end. No one's saying Kyle Rudolph isn't good. But a second round pick when you didn't even have a first round pick, it's you know, it's a little bit interesting. But look, you did. You don't have a tight end and your offense does need one. So I get it. But we haven't seen anything out of him yet. So I really can't say anything for him. And then I know what Jim, I mean, I've seen Jimmy Graham the last two years. I'm not going to say he's total and complete garbage, but I mean, he had the most, he had more yards than all your combined tight ends, but how much of that is because Aaron Rodgers is throwing the football. So you take, split the difference between Rodgers and Foles or Trubisky. Your best bet is if Jimmy Graham can fall down with six red zone touchdowns this year, you know, and put together 500 yards somehow. And that could happen, but looking at his age, his upside, his future, I just, I'm not going to put him ahead of Sternberger. Like if someone was asking you today, right now, who do you want? You can only have one, Jimmy or Jay Sternberger. I'm going to go Jay Sternberger, you know? And that even includes today. If I had to play a game tomorrow, I know Sternberger is a question mark, but I'd rather a question mark with a ton of upside than something we know, which is really not a lot of upside. You know, like he cannot make a play after the catch. I've never seen a player fall down uncontacted more than Jimmy Graham in my entire life. It was astonishing. So he needs to make his presence felt in the red zone. Maybe he could, but that's how I ranked it. I went Vikings, Lions, Packers, Bears, and that's that's everything for today, guys. We got through. Wait, yo. Oh, uh, Max, <laughs> I think I think we have a bit of a Twitter Twitter uh, shout out to do real quick. That's oh right. wait, no. First, I got I didn't do mine yet. Oh yeah. Oh crap! I skipped you. My bad. My bad. <laughs> yeah. The no lines worries. are so irrelevant. We forget yeah, I know. here That's sometimes. Exactly. Again, the lions cut out of the conversation. You know, um, <laughs> it was on purpose. My bad. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, you, but yeah. So, um, number one, I'm putting the Vikings. Uh, I think Rudolph is the most proven tight end in this division. And also to combat what Max said so wrongfully on our Twitter account a few days ago of saying Jimmy Graham is the best pass catching <laughs> tight end in the division. No, it's Kyle Rudolph. 
trust me, as a Lions fan, watching him destroy every linebacker we had on the field every time he plays us. It's just, you know that Sternberger is, I mean, uh, Rudolph, I'm thinking Sternberger right now. Rudolph, like, I mean, yeah, the guy's amazing, and he's, yeah. And then Smith, I was shocked by his combine was just so terrible, and he just came out and proved everybody wrong, because, like, I'm a big numbers guy when it comes to, like, combine stats and everything and how that translates to the NFL, and I just thought, well, this guy had... You know, it's really slow 40, didn't show too, like, didn't look too agile, not a lot of strength. And then he came out and said, look, like, my combine doesn't define me as a player and still had, I mean, he and Rudolph almost had the exact same, like, season aside from, if you take touchdowns out of the equation, almost the same amount of yards and receptions. So I think there's a lot that's going to come out of there and two tight end sets in that offense could be pretty scary. Um, I'm going with Lions at two. Hawkinson, yeah, he, you know, when you break an NFL record in your debut, that's a, that's a big deal. And I really, I like Hawkinson, and I know 367 yards and two touchdowns does not scream picked eight overall. But um, really, how many did he have week one? How many did he have week one? He and had then two he had touchdowns two. week one, and those were his two. I'm saying the yards. He had how many yards did he have week oh, one? Oh, it was like a hundred. Yeah, he had like 100. So he had like yards. 200 yards in the next 15 games. Yeah, but then, well, he got the hurt. The debut is a big deal, but the rest of the 15 games and were That's the problem, but he got he got hurt uh, during the Chiefs game and then missed that. And luckily we had the bye the next week, so only missed part of the Chiefs game. And then he got hurt right after, or during the Thanksgiving game. So during Thanksgiving against the Bears, that was a season-ending injury. But then oh, okay. if you take so what else quite. he had, then you have to factor in losing Stafford. Yeah, that, that hurts. All of a sudden, it's, yeah. you have Jeff Driscoll and David Blau throwing to you. So, like, I mean, when he and Stafford were on the field together, it was electric. And the problem is, is the rest of the time, it was not. The, I mean, he just had real bad luck his rookie year of losing a starting quarterback, going to a undrafted rookie from a former pro bowler is kind of a... Uh, a stretch. So, and then Jesse James, Lions gave him like a six-year deal. It was a ton of money two years ago, or last year. And then he had 142 yards and no touchdowns, and he was healthy the entire season. I mean, he just didn't contribute anything. But overall, I know in Pittsburgh, he was a fantastic tight end. And I think just something happened last year. Hopefully, you could turn it around this year. So, Lions, I'm putting a lot on potential, giving them number two in this ranking. And then Isaac Nauda was a seventh-round pick last year. He would be the tight end three, also plays fullback. I, I don't know. There's not much about him I can see rounding out that. But no matter what, Lions do have a solid backup tight end locked in for a long time. And then Hawkinson for a starter, so that should look good. At three, I put the Bears. And I wanted to put them lower than four, if possible, because of just how many tight ends they have on their roster. If you're, like, if 10%... One out of ten players on your roster, over ten percent of your roster is tight ends. <laughs> it's crazy. You know that's on that the position. That should show the importance team. of and how much Jimmy Graham. And it should show the ineptitude of your front office. You could put a tight end at every players. offensive position. Yeah, you could just, just have <laughs> offensive tight ends. The you know, tight end it, this really follows uh, what we did last year with kickers too. When we brought in like ten kickers, it's like. And I, I applaud 
pace of like being super aggressive and he's like we need to fix this position but it, yeah i agree it gets a little ridiculous like yeah. oh man yeah like but yeah so six tight ends is enough for me <laughs> so yeah i mean where was i the bears all right so with the bears i think uh Komet, i mean he was the best tight end in this draft class and that's not saying much because this was a really weak tight end class and, um, you know, last year had two in the first round with Hawkinson and Fant, and then, you know, a lot more in the second and third, you know, that's where Irv Smith came in and Jay Sternberger. And then this year it was like, there was no tight ends even worthy of a first or second round pick really. And so, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, but I'd still give Chicago third, I think with them and you have Demetrius Harris you have Jimmy Graham. I think there's a lot of upside there with the Packers. It's just so there's, I mean, you're the rookie you drafted this year had better stats than all the rest of better stats in college is like last season than all the other tight ends on your roster right now put together. So, yeah. you know, I'm looking at Tanyan with a hundred yards and a touchdown Lewis with 156 and a touchdown. Yeah, Sternberger in the regular season did nothing. And then your rookie had 504 yards and seven touchdowns in college last season. So that's better than all the other tight ends on your roster. Well, when your tight ends are 34-year-old uh, Mercedes Lewis and Robert Tanyan, that's kind of what happens. Yeah. But yeah, Which, yeah <laughs> Tanyan, Tanyan cut by the Lions after his rookie um, training camp, like the rookie mini camp. And now he's on the Packers and actually well, doing something. Yeah. But I, I enjoy I enjoy Tanyan, but yeah, not necessarily a star. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I'm putting the Packers at four. It's just I there's a lot of what if with that more than any other team, and just uh, that's a whole position group that has a lot to prove this year. So that's my rankings. All right, and now Max, you want to uh, run through those names real quick for this sure. week? We had a post on Twitter. Everyone who retweeted it, you're about to get your name shout out like we promised. So here we go, Max. And go Gerbs, maybe you want to put your mic on mute, not because of the technical difficulties, just because of your opinions. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> All right. Just thanks again for promoting our, our show. And uh, that was so helpful of you. And maybe if you want to give the episode a try and we're hopefully we're not the worst podcast you ever heard, that would be awesome. But that would be great. Yeah, don't don't get your hopes up. Okay. So I'm just going to read through really quick all the names of everyone who tweeted this out. There's 100 people, so hopefully you catch your name, and hopefully I don't butcher it completely. Here we go. Uh, and I'm just going to say at, and so I don't have to keep saying at. Okay. At Brian we 439 At Mr. Producer Guy, Colin Sale, Khalil Sachs, ZML23, Ronan1017, Bacon Football, YT, Real K. Paul Sack. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, Joshua Carullo, Danny Klinsman, Mitch Weber, 94, Elite EQ, Jake Fromm, Ill, Juan HJR, or Juan H Jr., Nathan Nakash, Book It, uh, 65, Chai Guy, 0711, G Vandy, Steve Caponigri, Staley's, Big Packers, 4X, Tanisha Mascara, RC Dino Master, Jared Bars, NFL, C Dubs 201, What's Wolf, host of the PC and Wolf Show. Shout out to those guys. IFBRHHVE, Alec Perkins 53, Galen Swanson, 
Luke Walter Wills, one, uh, Josh Fontaine, Jared Barsness, Hallis Zakonatsky, Nikki Flash, 1998, and Sully, 59, underscore, at Brett Vikes, shout out to Brett, <laughs> David Camp, Miz, Galloway Adams, Gafford Has Cake, Br- Brad Bellin, Peekaboon, Manny Fresh, 12 Hail Mary, K Amazing 7, Siegel Roscoe, Colton Moore, 44, D Cantu, 916. And hopefully that was everyone. I don't know if it even allowed me to see all 94. But uh, yeah, again, you guys, thanks again so much for promoting. I'm going to send it back to you, Eli. Yeah, that's hopefully everyone who retweeted. If you didn't hear your name, it's because Twitter is just a jerk and hit it. But we do appreciate your retweet and we hope you enjoyed the show. That was everything we were going to cover today. So, again, just to find us all on social media, I was your host tonight, Eli Berkovitz. You could find me on Twitter at Book of Eli underscore NFL. You can find Nathan, who wasn't on tonight, but you can find him at Nathan Marzian on Twitter. You can find Max at Max Markham NFL. You can find Brett at MN Vikes Central and Gerbs at Max Gerbs on Twitter. And then, of course, come give our podcast a follow at Split Div Pod. And I hope you enjoyed the show, everyone. Until next week, we appreciate all the listens and hope you have a great night.